Hello, everyone. It's that time for the Security Token Show. Happy Monday. We're your hosts. I'm Herwig Konings. And of course, joined as always by my co-founder, Kyle Sondland. How you doing today, buddy? What's up, everybody? We are wonderful. It's uh, another great episode of the show. Herwig, we had a lot of news this week, so we may as well get right into it, huh? This is clearly this year is taking the cake when it comes to frequency of news, uh, but we try to cover everything. So let's get into the token debrief. Well, as always, we have a guest contributor on the show for our token debrief. And uh, as always, it's consistently been Jason Barraza from the team. Jason, welcome on. Thank you. Thank you. As you guys mentioned, there's a lot of news to cover. Really exciting to see everything come from all over the world. Um, and so, you know, I'm just really excited for this episode, guys. I know it's stacked, so why don't we jump in? Well, I'm going to kick it off with some major announcements in the space for you guys, uh, starting out with a company called X-Alt, X-Alternatives, uh, presumably what that's short for. They are planning to build the Plaid for Trade. Uh, so Plaid for Trade being, you know, Plaid connected to different banks. In this case, they're referring to Trade Finance. Uh, and so very uh, notably worth noting that this is actually backed by Excel and City. Um, and they recently actually, as part of this announcement, acquired a company called Contour. So Contour started actually back in 2017. Uh, as a pilot by eight global banks, including HSBC, Standard Chartered, and BMP, uh, to digitize trade, uh, trade finance. And now they have over 22 banks and over 100 global businesses, they say. Uh, this is a $30 trillion market, folks. So big news from Exalt with their acquisition coming into the trade tokenized trade finance game quite strong. And moving on to El Salvador, as some of you may have noted from our title, we got a lot going on at El Salvador, starting with Enor Securities. Um, and so they have announced that they've joined the Liquid Federation. The Liquid Federation is essentially the foundation for Liquid. If you haven't heard of Liquid, that's actually a layer two supported on the Bitcoin blockchain. So that's right. This layer two enables you to leverage smart contracts, which allows you to build in the compliance so that you can go ahead and tokenize assets and securities leveraging Bitcoin, folks. I think that's super awesome. We've seen a lot of action already on Liquid as we've covered the show. But Enor Securities is licensed uh, in uh, El Salvador. And as we know, El Salvador is very big, big on Bitcoin, big on their uh, Bitcoin volcano bonds that they're launching. So this is cool to see this ecosystem coming together here. A big announcement from them, I think. Uh, you know, to help foster and continue to grow liquid. We also saw a couple of partnership announcements, Invest2x and Obligate, uh, specifically Obligate. We've talked about many times already on the show, just bringing out debt issuances. Specifically, they've put the technology together to issue that. And they're working with Invest2x to go ahead and tap into the predominantly Asian community and clientele that Invest2x has, has built over the years. And so now they can leverage these Obligate instruments to to participate in uh, and that's just one of the beautiful things of, of blockchain technology we see the same exact thing happening in this next announcement here uh, with Rialto markets this is a, a broker dealer in the United States and an ATS an alternative trading system 
Uh, and they partnered with the DSDC, that's the Digital Securities Depository Corporation. And in this case, the DSDC is a tokenization platform, an issuance platform, just like in the uh, case of Obligate. And Rialto is the Investor X. They are the marketplace that's tapping into. So worth highlighting here again how easy it is, folks, that you can now connect marketplaces and these technology providers. You do ultimately need this support. Uh, that's what you're going to start seeing. A lot of these announcements continuously and frequently because these marketplaces, they need to support different blockchains, different issuance platforms, different custody options, all kinds of different you know, support that they are building out underneath. Uh, and it's also worth noting here that we see uh, for sure Obligate uh, and InvestaX quite on a roll. Uh, and some, you know, I personally had not necessarily been too familiar with DSDC, but Rialto certainly taking full steam here in 2024. So anything you guys want to comment or, or pick apart from my announcement updates for everyone? I'm personally a fan of the X alts, uh, you know, announcement. I think that, uh, you know, considering that trade finance is such a great opportunity for the tokenization space. Uh, you know, we saw last year, I think, uh, city India was doing a letter of credit, right? Uh, we've seen other TTS, uh, you know, products come on chain. So really cool to see that they're getting a whole network here contoured, whole consortium to, uh, you know, bring on board and again, more easily integrate that technology into their systems to be able to build some of that traction, build some of that collaboration uh, all in one fell swoop. So I'm, uh, like I said, I'm a fan of the XLs uh, acquisition. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's a great one. And, you know, some, some good announcement here, more progress coming from a lot of these different platforms. People may have slept on the fact that, that Rialto is continuing to drive more and more adoption. We know that they were working on some crowdfunding incentives to get more issuers on board. Now they're taking care of the other side now with infrastructure providers working now with the DSDC. So great to see them super active in this space. That's just what it takes as a startup broker dealer in this industry. And so kicking it off into my stuff, guys, mine's a little bit more DeFi focused than what Harwood covered in his first section. First off, we're kicking it off with Plume Network, P-L-U-M-E, and they announced that they are launching an ecosystem of real-world assets and infrastructure projects. So they're providing a layer two blockchain for real-world assets that's boosting that adoption of real tokenized assets into this Web3 DeFi ecosystem. They want to provide the technical infrastructure and compliance support for these assets. Of course, we're not just dealing with, with cryptos that are made up monopoly money. These are real assets that have a lot of standards that need to be adhered to in order. Oh, we, we looks like we just lost Kyle there. Hopefully we'll, we'll get him back. But, uh, uh, Plume did also, as part of their announcement, I, I see in his notes here, they have over 45 RWA projects, including Polytrade and Bricken, uh, that we're quite familiar with. So that is pretty cool to see, uh, as well as they aim for compo composability in DeFi, providing trading, earning, lending, and speculating flexibility. Kyle, I took over there for a while while you lost, so I, I ended it out on Plume, but Great. Uh, you know, I think you can kind of go ahead into the next update. Yeah, well, sorry for that. Technical issues there. Shout oh, out to good. Bloom and everything they're doing. 45 different companies that are onboarded there. But into the next piece of news, we have Eloop, 
which is a tokenization platform on the Peak blockchain, P-E-A-Q, Peak blockchain for real world assets. So they're actually, they did a Tesla tokenization pilot where they were selling shares of of a Tesla vehicle and they're looking to tokenize more machines. So they're trying to add liquidity sources and reward mechanisms to real world assets, but in a different way than what we've seen previously. And so this initiative's goal is to, to democratize the development of real hardware infrastructure, which was limited traditionally to R&D budgets from big corporations. But their goal is to provide rewards based off the value of wind turbines, e-scooters, and many different oh, wow. pieces of technology and hardware, which is pretty fun and yeah. a totally new and novel concept. So major shout out to Eloop for working on that. Their goal is to do $20 million in token sales for machine real world assets on the peak blockchain in its first year. So those are ambitious plans. If they can pull it off, this will be something really interesting to watch moving forward. And finally, in my first section here, gentlemen, we're talking about Curio Invest, one of the, the OG companies in the space we've covered here on the show from many years back. They are launching the Curio chain for real-world asset tokenizations. They have built their own blockchain to support their DAO. I believe they have all kinds of additional infrastructure that they've built over the course of the, the company's life cycle. The goal here, obviously, is to tackle liquidity. So this, this chain is looking to build the, the infrastructure to support that. But the different thing about Curio is that they just already have this DAO structure. They already have a decentralized and automated market maker. So they've got a lot of the different components that DeFi infrastructure has traditionally facilitated to build liquidity. And now they're laying in their own blockchain that is Ethereum virtual machine compatible, as well as has cross-chain functionality and feature. Well, all right. Kyle's on a roll today. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, his Wi-Fi is okay. But um, uh, pretty, pretty big news from Cura Invest. There, here, here, we got him back. I'm not sure what's going on here. I'm uh, my screen keeps blanking out on me. But that was the last piece of my news. So let's kick it over to Jason to to take it away. Uh, so Kyle, I just got to give some notes here on, on your comment before we get to Jason's regulatory updates, which is the major thing I'm seeing here is we're going to start to see more and more DeFi updates. I think we're going to start to see more and more real world assets that aren't securities also start to leverage this DeFi trend simply due to the nature of the, you know, the regulatory regimes around the world, uh, which is why I think what eLoop is doing is super cool. Uh, but it seems like yet another week, another show, another blockchain <laughs> that's going to start leveraging tokenization, which just shows you how big this ecosystem is. You've got all kinds of assets, securities, all kinds of blockchains, jurisdictions, marketplaces. It is a lot to track, uh, but it's all growing very fast. And, and to end on my notes here, I just got to say Curio invest they are taking a whole new level to end to end you know we've seen people try to be the issuance be the marketplace get all the licenses but you know few have also gone the length of developing their own chain uh you know notably i can think of polymesh who started out that way um, but even they are not necessarily fully end to end as they require marketplaces to plug into for example uh, so curious to see how this whole ecosystem that they've put together ends up developing, Kyle. I think it's a great point. It makes a ton of sense and is uh, 
is definitely the future of certainly DeFi in general is to facilitate more of these real asset yields and and you know really creating infrastructure that that has a foundation in the real world to drive real asset value. So I think that everything you said there makes a ton of sense. Jason? 100%. Yeah, we just covered a huge panel uh, with Centrifuge, Maple, and Swarm on DeFi and TradFi, how these uh, you know two worlds are kind of colliding here and, and bridging together. Um, so the more you know that gets evolved in terms of infrastructure to support you know, getting creative with these assets and really enabling other liquidity options, other um, utility options for some of these assets, the better. Um, and of course, that comes along with, uh, you know, progress that's made around the world and learning from each other as to, you know, what everyone's doing. But moving into the next section of the token debrief, we're going to be covering a lot of regulatory. I have, I think, five headlines here to cover here. So without further ado, let's jump into token one. Uh, they just got a license in El Salvador for digital securities. Um, they're essentially an issuance platform and an exchange. And the Salvadorian authorities, no surprise here, gave them a license to go ahead and work with tokenized uh, real-world assets. As we all know, uh, El Salvador is very bullish <laughs> on, on Web3. They made uh, Bitcoin you know, one of the currencies there that's accepted nationwide. Um, Token One also did enter the European sandbox, uh, and is collaborating with regulatory authorities such as ESMA and CNMV out of Spain. So get to see that they're, you know, dabbling in different jurisdictions. Uh, but next one, and talking of El Salvador, we are also going to cover EcoBright Future. Uh, their uh, CEO at their subsidiary, subsidiary, excuse me, United Heritage Group, uh, basically did a, a series of meetings with the Sri Lankan government and to evaluate the current needs for that environment, you know, how blockchain technology can help, specifically tokenization, uh, during his visit to Colombo last week. This is Alexander Borodich, who is also the founder of Universal Blockchain. Um, and, the, you know, the uh, general premise is, is that, you know, what they came out with was like, hey, yes, we do need tokenization to happen here. Um, and so let's get started on working on building some of that infrastructure for Sri Lankan uh, markets. And so they're going to be starting with primary commodities such as Ceylon tea, cinnamon, gemstones to generate additional revenue for that region, for the country. Um, and so they're going to be setting a separate entity over there in their, uh, the port city of Colombo's special economic zone to apply for a business of strategic importance status from the government. And that will allow them to be a little bit more free into, you know, what kind of innovation they can build out for Sri Lanka. So props there. And next one, we have the EU Parliament. They are exploring blockchain and tokenization as well. Uh, specifically, we covered or this article that we came across covered the DLT pilot regime, which we have covered before. We've covered it at Tokenize This 2023. Um, so, you know, on February 20th, uh, Renew Europe, which is the third largest parliamentary group in the EU held a joint event with the Global Blockchain uh, Business Council, GBBC, at the EU Parliament. They were talking about all this and they asked JP Morgan, hey, you know, why are you not participating in the DLD pilot regime? Um, you know, this is supposed to waive some of those regulations for digital securities. Um, and so this DLT pilot regime that we keep bringing up is, started three, uh, is going to last for three years and it started just last March of 2023. So a couple more years to go for this. It essentially allows for uh, no custody needed uh, or requirements, excuse me, no counterparty requirements and stuff like that. So to answer the question that was asked of JP Morgan, hey, why aren't you involved? Deutsche Boers is Jen 
uh, Heishmeister stepped in and said, it's probably fair to say sandboxes are not geared towards big market infrastructures and big market players for the reason that they're short periods and small scale. So it is expensive to get such a big institution onboard into something that's only going to be a quick little POC and, uh, and not last too long. So that's um you know, thing to take into consideration for the regime. And it's a little bit more geared towards maybe startups, uh, maybe mid-sized level uh, infrastructure players too. Uh, but the bigger ones maybe just isn't a, the best fit there. I just want to interrupt you right there, Jason, just on that note, just that I, I think it's worth pointing out that JP Morgan, you know, as well as Wisdom Tree and Apollo were all involved in Project Guardian under yep. – the monetary authority of Singapore's uh, sandbox. So I would maybe differ or disagree with uh, that statement, but uh, you know, just, just uh, figured I, I, I had that commentary there. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's absolutely true. You know I mean? We're quoting here what Deutsche Borses person said. And so, you know, again, it's like, Hey guys, like, you know, consider the other ones that have been proven and, and dealt with. So and participated in, so yeah, great point. Herwig. Um, that being said, you know, the UK kind of took this feedback and said, okay, we may actually, since the UK just released their sandbox last month, they may actually adopt it a little bit different to scale a little bit more friendly towards the larger financial firms. Um, okay. And then moving on to Hong Kong, we have the HK regulator, uh, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. They issued two letters to the heads of uh, authorized institutions on the 20th as well. Uh, concerning tokenization and custody. So the first letter, we're talking about setting standards in eight categories uh, for custody of customer assets. So, quote, with reference to international standards and practices. Uh, so they apply whether the institutions receive the assets from providing standalone services or through other activities. Um, and so some of those categories that the letter covers are governance and risk management, asset segregation, outsourcing disclosure, and anti-money laundering and counter-financing of terrorism. Uh, so institution, institutions, quote, should discuss with the HKMA in advance and demonstrate to the satisfaction of the HKMA what they meet, uh, that they meet the expected standards and requirements in that circular. So a lot of the ones that are, you know, in this that are pretty much common sense, for example, senior management and staff engaging in activities and really control functions should possess the necessary knowledge, skills and expertise to discharge their responsibilities. Of course, I think that goes without saying, but apparently it had to be said. And in the second letter, uh, it, that one concerned more on the sale and distribution of tokenized products that are not regulated under the Securities and Futures Ordinance or subject to the requirements of the Securities and Futures Commission, the SFC. Um, it doesn't apply to stable coins. They will have their own licensing requirements and whatnot. Um, so, you know, what, we'll quote one of them, it says, you know, for example, the arrangement of tokenization of fractionalized interest in any asset may amount to a collective investment scheme. So, you know, for example, you know, investing in real estate as an individual isn't necessarily, you know, regulated or whatever, like you, you're a little bit more leeway with that. You don't have to be going through necessarily some licensed <laughs> institutions per se. But if you're fractionalizing it, it may be seen as a fund and that does get regulated, right? So stuff like that, that they're covering in that one. And the last one before I open up to the floor here is South Africa. South, the South African government here, the Intergovernmental FinTech Working Group is looking to uh, into use cases for stable coins and their regulatory implications. Uh, they're also exploring the effect of tokenization on, on their markets and we'll publish a paper later in December of this year 
on what they find and on tokenization policies. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, last year, they declared crypto to be a financial product and started registering crypto asset service providers. So for this year, what we can expect is to probably throughout the year, at least have some kind of update as to you know what they're exploring with stable coins. And by the end of the year, as mentioned, we will have some kind of policy. So uh, any thoughts on any of these articles, guys? Yeah, Herwig, go ahead. If you have some thoughts, you want to jump in? Not, not much to say other than clearly, you know, I, I don't think anyone can disagree that tokenization is now front and center, front of mind of pretty much every regulator and uh, legislator uh, around the world, whether it's from stable coins and central bank digital currencies, whether it's like the Sri Lankan government taking advantage of tokenization to modernize and, and maybe even get an edge in the marketplace whether it's sandboxes that are being fostered so that more activity can be tested and, and brought to market. Uh, the, the industry, the global support, if you will, is alive and well. So I just, I, you know, quite an exhaustive update, but I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I was thinking on, on a similar mindset, you know, with, with South Africa being a member of the BRICS trade group. It will be interesting to see how some of the different nations apply sentiment towards stable coins, central bank digital currencies, other fiat and digital fiat currencies based off of how active they are in different trade groups, right? Are we more likely to see those that are aligning closer with East Asia and Russia being ones that adopt different types of currencies more because they're already moving off of the traditional system of the dollar? Is it something different? Do they end up having trouble in maintaining that financial strength and that changes the dynamics over the next couple of years? It'll be fascinating, I think, to see how this adoption curve changes over a period of time. You certainly think they would be more risk tolerant to start, but that's only so good as if their economy can actually hold up. And if it cannot, then perhaps they may return back to a more risk intolerant or risk averse methodology with respect to monetary policy. Oh, looks like we lost Kyle there. Some some great points he was making, though. I'm, yeah. I, I, I do agree with him. It'll be interesting to see how much this actually impacts true monetary policy. Uh, as opposed to simply just, you know, use cases or pie in the sky thinking. So you're, you're spot on, Kyle. I completely agree with you. We're, we're having some trouble with you today, but, you know, we Only think so. I, like I, can, I, can finish <laughs> I can finish the sentences. Uh, and I think you can finish mine because what I'm going to say is we're going to move on. Right into our market movement segment. You gotcha. And for this segment, this is where we get to go deep into the actual market. What are the latest offerings? What's going on in the secondary market that you got to check out? Nothing but action here, if you will. So with that, guys, I'm going to kick it off. I have some pretty big news from actually a proud partner of ours. They are an enterprise partner in Security Token Prime. So if you're not familiar with Security Token Prime, what are you doing? You got to go sign up for free because it's our research platform. We've got everything in one place for you, including a lot of great webinars. And it's only free thanks to incredible partners like RE Tokens, obviously standing for real estate. So RE Tokens, they made a big announcement 
They are launching their own security token offering starting February 27th. Uh, so they are doing an STO for themselves, uh, which as you all know, if you've been watching the show, I just absolutely love it when tokenization companies eat their own cooking, drink their own champagne, use their own technology. Uh, so I think everybody should tokenize. And in this regard, it's great to see RE tokens out the gate tokenizing themselves. Uh, and it comes along with an upgrade, a release of their newest, latest platform so that they can help others tokenize, which we love to see. Note that this is only for accredited investors, and we do have a great webinar on their platform, obviously, on Security Token Prime that you can go check out. But big news over from RE Tokens, another offering in the space. Shout out to RE Tokens, more real estate. They're crushing it. And in my article here, guys, I have more real estate. This is from Core Estate, which is a company in Scandinavia doing the first tokenization in Denmark. The goal here is they want to make it a 100 euro investment. So this is a true fractionalized investment opportunity. The property they're calling GREV Grev, but it's in all caps. So maybe it's the letters 55. And it's a three story property in Denmark. I don't even want to take a stab at the city pronunciation, but the renovation itself consists of rebuilding three apartment buildings into five modern and energy efficient apartment complexes. So this is really an entire massive opportunity here. They value the property post renovation at around 2 million euros. So it's probably maybe half that or something like that in, ter in terms of valuation now. And they're expecting the rent to be 70,000 euros per year. So you can calculate your own interest rates from there. So their vision is to provide the affordable and sustainable living by leveraging blockchain. So they can create more affordable properties by fractionalizing to the crowd, while also giving people opportunities to invest in new opportunities. I think it makes total sense. And again, just proves this idea of why we need this to all be tokenized because you have so many different jurisdictions, so many different countries getting involved in this space. We need the same payment rails in order for all this stuff to work. You just can't have 100 euro investors that are just on paper shares that we're tracking back and forth and they're based in this country or that country or wherever paying with this fiat or that fiat. It just, it already doesn't work, let alone if we're going to, you know, reduce the barriers and increase the amount of shareholders and all these components. So I really like that they're trying to leverage technology to manage the cap table and uh, I wish them the best. Couldn't agree more with you. I mean, they're, you know, not just opening it up to real estate and other jurisdictions, right? But it's redevelopment of a property that they're doing here. And so, you know, how often can you, or how easily can you get involved into a redevelopment before it's even ready to be rented out? You know, so there is something to be said about opening up access to that. And another offering that we have coming up is Daiwa Securities, which they've been in the news quite a bit lately, guys. We just covered them in episode 217, uh, collaborating with Progmat and SBI's R3. Uh, to create an end-to-end -end, uh, tokenization bond issuance platform. And now they're putting it to good use with an actual bond issuance. This is a one-year, 1 billion yen or $6.6 .6 million digital bond using Frogmat, the tokenization platform they're involved in. Uh, and so Daiwa Securities and Rakuten Securities are on the underwriters on this bond with Mitsuho as the bond administrator, administrator excuse me, and MUFG as the bond ledger manager. So what's really interesting about this bond, guys, is that interest will be paid in e-money from Rakuten Eddy, one of the popular wallets in Japan. 
And this is the goal with this is to show issuers that interest doesn't necessarily need to be paid in cash. You can do this electronically or digitally. Um, and so this bond is open, by the way, to individual investors. So keep an eye out for that. We also covered Daiwa just last week in episode 224, uh, the back ODX, also in Japan. So great to see that they're involved in multiple offerings and multiple opportunities. Paying out yield and dividends on chain is the way. It's the future. Why tokenize if you're if you're not going to take advantage of that? Uh, and of course, y'all know my love of the Japan tokenization ecosystem. Just another great offering to come to market. That's that's cool news from Daiwa, uh, as well as everyone else involved. Progmat, the platform behind it, of course, being owned by MUFG. Uh, so all cool to see that coming together. I'm going to take us over to Germany for the next one, where the fintech arm of Bankhaus Scheich, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, S-C-H-E-I-C-H. They are a leading market maker, actually, on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange over in Germany, and they have their own technology arm called Trad- Tradius. Tradius. And Tradius um, is now officially in the game. They've tokenized a money market fund on Polygon. Uh, and this is uh, called the Alliance Securicash SRI Fund. Uh, they noted that a Dutch crypto trading platform has actually invested in the token as part of its treasury management. And uh, ultimately, like other tokenized market uh, money market funds, they say the issuance amount will grow over time and that the initial amount is actually undisclosed. So this may be more of a, a test case bringing the market as opposed to something that, that already has a lot of action behind it. But tokenized money market funds are one of these great settlement layers in order to go in and out uh, and leverage you know, money, money market fund efficiencies. Uh, you got to have those tokenized, right? If I want to go in between securities, in between trades, this makes the most sense to settle into while you decide where you want to invest it potentially next. So very cool to see another tokenized money market fund, this time out of Germany, not the easiest jurisdiction to be tokenizing out of. So I'm sure a lot of work went into the team there. Congratulations to Tradeus on this uh, new tokenization. Major shout out to them and keeping the money moving. We're going into my article here, which is from Ondo Finance. This is a team that has been crushing it. We've covered them a bunch of times here on the show. They have now integrated their stablecoin into the Aptos ecosystem and blockchain. As a reminder, the way Ondo Finance works is you can park your stablecoins into their pool of treasuries. So that generates you a yield. They also issue their own stablecoin USDY through that. And so that market cap is 3.8 million. So it's growing. And it's it's actually, as they say, third in treasury-backed assets in the DeFi ecosystem. Not exactly sure which assets they're they're using there to measure that link, because there's certainly many stable coins with a larger market cap than 3.8 million. But it is pretty cool to see that they're integrating into the other blockchains. This is how the interoperability of the stablecoin settlement layer has to drive adoption. It has to do it this way. And so I, I like what they're doing. The partnership also includes Thala, which is a DeFi protocol, which is going to whitelist USDY as collateral inside of their decentralized application, which, as you'd hope, is, is going to be super effective in driving more yield to their shareholders and to the token holders, as well as as more stability potentially to the underlying protocol with a better stablecoin. And so Ondo is just going to keep doing this, supposedly, according to their their press release. So expect more announcements for them coming soon. 
Well, that's a great announcement. Ando just continues to be on a tear, just nonstop improvements, upgrades, partnerships, you know, new blockchains. I absolutely love it. They're on a roll. Uh, we did lose Jason, it looks like. So hopefully I'm not next on this week's curve uh, for, for, you know, being able to stay connected. But I'll take over for him, uh, specifically the city of Lugano. Uh, in Switzerland. Uh, they issued a $114 million native digital bond. And now I get to be all on my, my own here. Uh, and I get to tell you uh, that they are using a wholesale CBDC in order to settle what they are calling Project Helvetia the third um, uh, as part of this project. So Hel Helvetia, again, hopefully I'm saying that right, is a limited time initiative uh, that is allowing this use case for a CBDC through June of this year, but it is a 10-year 1.4%-ish uh, bond that's listed on the six digital exchange. It's the SDX that's owned by the Swiss International Exchange. Uh, so it's cool to just see yet another uh, bond, first of all, in the market, but also leveraging, uh, in this case, trying to leverage central bank digital currencies, if you will, to markets, potentially an ultimate stable coin of sorts, because you know it's coming directly from the source of the country. Uh, so pretty interesting. Kyle, I don't know if you had any thoughts on, on that bond itself, or I can move on to, to my announcement here. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's interesting, you know, closing the order book in 17 minutes, that uh, certainly is, is a good sign in terms of, of their demand. Um, they had asset managers, banks, insurers, and pension funds that were involved in, in this deal. So a solid allocation of underwriters. I think this is a pretty institutional deal. Good to see them trialing it on a blockchain and uh, CBDCs being applied into financial instruments. That's, that's only going to increase, I would imagine, moving forward. Keyword trial. Keyword trial, but this is where it begins. This is where right. it begins. <laughs> uh, moving on over to the United Kingdom, our Chacks, our favorite leader, if you will, in the space when it comes to tokenization as well as their marketplace. They've partnered up with Aberdeen in the past, which is a trillion dollar asset manager, right? Massive, massive uh, partnerships. And they are now expanding on that by announcing the stablecoin yield service which is designed to enable individuals with their assets uh, on the platform or in stable coins specifically, right, to transition them into yield generating instruments, such as regulated money market funds that are tokenized, as I just mentioned, uh, out of Germany. They've got one with Aberdeen, maybe with some other folks as well. So the idea here being take your stable coins, go take advantages from yield by parking them into their tokenized money market fund, presumably with Aberdeen, but again, they might have other options. So just as I harped on before, you know, you should always be taking advantage of these tokenized money market funds. They are more efficient than just leaving it in a stable coin that doesn't pay you anything. Uh, and they are simply to me a foundational layer for all of these marketplaces that are being built you need to have some kind of a settlement solution if you're not using stable coins. And to me, a money market fund is, is the most optimized, most equivalent to cash, uh, but most efficient in terms of yield option for that. So great to see our tracks, you know, helping again, usually with a focus on institutional clients, helping them get into this and taking advantage of their 
uh, tokenized money market funds. There are just so many of these yield bearing stable coins now. It's really, really interesting. And hopefully we'll present a new store of value in the Web3 blockchain ecosystem. I think that most people understand the speculative investment opportunities in Web3. If you're listening to this show, you certainly might understand the securities side of the industry. And perhaps if you want to put Bitcoin or something like that in its own bucket of its own store of value as kind of an inflation hedge or something like that, perhaps that's a different angle. But stable coins, real fiat, and then yield generating from I don't want to say risk-free because nothing's risk-free, but as you'd say in the treasuries market, these are kind of risk-free style money markets transactions. This is something that doesn't exist in crypto. The only yield that's being generated is from synthetic new seniorage of crypto assets. These are fake assets that we're paying out as yield. That's not actual yield, right? You're not actually creating value. Whereas in this case, lending money to somebody else to use that money in a real banking transaction with a large institution that does billions or trillions of dollars of transactional float is really where you're getting to be you know creating actual value for financial institutions which is hard yield that you can actually model for efficiently and should not have significant volatility and then you don't have the impermanent loss that yeah. We, we lost him again. Once again, another great point Kyle is making. I will say uh, to his, you know, he's making a, a great example of the fact that there aren't really any popular money market funds that people are leveraging in crypto and DeFi, though that is probably the likely reason why treasury bills uh, have been so popular last year to tokenize and get into because it offers a lot of that same kind of benefit. Uh, that we were talking about, although I, I would argue that it's probably not quite as, as efficient ultimately. But, uh, you know, another great point, Kyle, as I was just finishing for you. Um, Let's see if I can limp through the final article here, gentlemen. We've had some technical difficulties. Thank you to all of our listeners for putting up with it. But we've got Kinka Gold. This is a tokenized gold project based in Japan. Their token is the XNK token with one token equaling one ounce of Troy gold. So it's pretty easy to do the math. Their gold is 99.9% pure. It fits the LBMA standard, which I'm not a gold expert, but presumably that's a valuable thing. If you were, it's vault stored, audited and regulated in Japan. The tokens offer gold investment avenues for retail investors, as well as its aim is to become a significant gold-backed token inside of the DeFi markets, as well as crypto. The gold itself is issued by Daichi Commodities, which is a Japanese trading house that has been trading gold for over 40 years. So this is an OG gold trading house that's now issuing a tokenized form to get onto this new opportunity, seeing and capturing new demand. So I think this is a really strong sign that this technology is being adopted. This is a traditional gold player that sees this as a new avenue. And they are actually regulated for use on the Osaka exchange. So this is a presumably a regulated style of investment, which will pass all the standard checks. And I think the final thing that's cool is, as we talked about, the token is directly redeemable for the underlying gold in the event that you want to do that. I know that a lot of stocks, for example, doesn't have that actual one-to-one redeemability, whereas the token, we can correctly track and identify who's holding the underlying share, and they can redeem that. So shout out to Kinka Gold for, for tokenizing gold. 
A soccer digital it. exchange too on a roll. Yeah, absolutely. What was just what last week that we said they were expanding beyond real estate. So already a new uh, a, a new headline from them doing just that. We've seen Wisdom Tree also tokenize gold, and and also other institutions. So again, it's it's a really cool. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I, I think gold is having its tokenization moment, uh, possibly, for sure. We're seeing a lot of different use cases like this one, as well as the gold in the ground example we, we talked about uh, last week, I believe it was as well. So, you know, for sure, I, I love to see these options coming. You know, got to get your, your, your Troy ounce of gold, everybody. Uh, in fact, it'd be really interesting to see just how they compare to traditional gold markets if it's you know mimicked if there's actually a premium because it's tokenized and maybe it has utility and benefits right so it'll be interesting to see how this ultimately trades we'll try to get that info for you from odx over in japan thank you kyle uh for closing that out let's see if we can survive one more segment it's time to end the show with our companies of the week All right, Horwig. While I've got the floor here, I'm just going to rip it out and just try to get us Run with it. Forest <laughs> State is my winner. They are the Scandinavian Denmark-based real estate company. They are doing their first property, a $2 million, at least post-valuation property that they're trying to convert an existing plot into a few new apartment buildings. They want to open access for investors as well as finance new apartment foundational buildings for residents of the, the city that they're in. So I think it's great. It's a totally new country. We haven't seen a lot of activity in Denmark, but that doesn't mean they can't be included in the tokenization economy. And so for that reason, I want to give Core State my win this week. Nowhere is safe. Scandinavia, you're getting tokenized. Congratulations, of course. They also love their kind of like eco-friendly angle. Might as well be taking advantage of this trend, uh, building that into the properties that you tokenize or, or renovate specifically. So I love to, to kind of hear that. And it starts with one deal. I'm sure we'll start seeing a lot more. Congrats to Core Estate. I got to give mine, Kyle, to none other than Exalt. Uh, I really like what they're doing. $30 trillion trade finance industry. That is ripe. You know, we, we any, any asset class with the T mark, also means tokenization mark. <laughs> uh, and so they're going after the, the trade finance. Like I said earlier, they're backed by some heavy hitters, including Excel, major top tier VC firm, as well as City, which uh, part of the management team was, was previously working at, as well as Meta. So you got a really strong foundation there, uh, but already a lot of traction and very institutional or very Wall Street play by going ahead and saying, hey, we're just gonna acquire you know, one of the leaders in the space uh, for this already to really package up and, 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 and bring a very strong value proposition to market. So congratulations to Exalts and the team over there for what for your announcement on, on the acquisition of Contour and, and your goals in the marketplace. You're my company of the week. Amazing choice, Herbeg. I think this is a, a great winner and, and uh, you know, what a great week of news. Whew. Well, I'm sure it's going to be another busy one next week. You don't want to miss it. So that's why we're going to bring it to you, of course, as always, every week on Mondays at 10 a.m. Uh, we do want to let you know that we've got a conference coming up. 
tokenize this in May in Miami. So come see us in person. Come meet a lot of different folks in the industry. It's going to be the go-to thing. You can't miss it. You got to be there. Uh, but also, of course, in the meantime, while you're waiting for the next episode, go to stm.co. Go check out all our latest news, all our latest information. We've got great research and reports and dashboards and a lot of cool, cool things going on over there. Uh, and of course, we always love your feedback, your support. Give us a share. Let somebody know about this show. Uh, go buy a token. Uh, do, do what you like. But hopefully we catch you next week. With that, Kyle, signing off. Happy tokenizing, everyone.